All right. Did you guys recognize Mr. Mario? Is that our fearless leader right there? Telling you. Oh, he was so excited. He loves, he loves, loves, loves doing an Italian accent. Just so you know, that's his favorite, so throw it on him right there. Hey, my name is uh, Tito. I am the associate pastor here, and uh, I'm just really excited to be here with you all this morning. A couple things I wanted to kind of continue on as far as announcements uh, before I get started are, I really want to highlight this. This is our our faith art journaling that our our women are doing uh, right now. They're going to be starting it off this summer, and they're taking signups right now, today. And so there's a little bit of a cost, $15, but it gives you everything that you need to do. And Miss Roxanne is right here. She's going to be out back uh, out in the lobby taking names and signing up. Um, So I really encourage you to check it out and see how that can uh, add to your summer and uh, things that are going on for you to come and just continue growing closer to Christ. I want to say thank you for your giving. If you came prepared to give, uh, we have a drop box right there. You can drop off your giving in here physically. You can also go on the app. You can get on the app and you can give through your app or the website, or you can also mail it in. Okay, we still do that. So I just want to say thank you for your generosity. If this is your first time, this is not what we're asking for. We're not asking for the money. We just wanted to give an opportunity for those that call New Life Home to be able to just express their, their, their gift of generosity towards our campus, okay? Um, If you're a guest here for the first time, we actually have a little gift for you. It's a cool coffee mug that's sitting out here at our starting point. As you are exiting, please grab one of those mugs with you. They're for you. We just want to say thank you for being here. And if this is your first time here at our church, we just want to say welcome home. All right. So before I get started, I want to just kind of take a second to just pause for a moment uh, and just kind of recognize just... Uh, Something that just kind of happened in our country this past week. Unfortunately, in Uvalde, Texas, there was a tragedy that happened where 19 kids and two adults, two teachers, um, just tragically lost their lives. And without going into it at all, I just wanted to bring Jesus into this and just do a prayer for the families, for the community, for the people affected by this, not just in in that town, but I'm sure it affects each each and every one of us here as well for that. So if you would, just bow your heads with me. King Jesus, thank you for being so good to us, Lord, for your unfailing love, for always your steadfastness. Lord, thank you for being who you are. But I got to be honest, Lord, it's times like this where it's hard. When we see tragedy like this and we see families and people and children and communities hurting God, some of the stuff we don't really understand or I don't know if we'll ever understand, but I think we can find some peace in knowing that you know and you understand, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing over Uvalde, Texas. God, I pray for the school district. I pray for all the teachers, Lord. I pray for the students. I just pray for the community as a whole, Lord, that are walking through this together, Lord. More importantly, I pray for the families affected by this tragedy, those that lost loved ones, God. I pray that you just bring comfort to them in a way that is undeniably from you, this peace that the world doesn't recognize, Lord, but that you give to us in some of our darkest times, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray a blessing in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, thank you. So, before I get started, if you would, please open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be going through verses 25 and to 34. So, if you've got it, go ahead and mark your spot. We'll come back to it later on in the, in the talk, okay? So, just a little review as far as what we've been going um, in this current series called Messy Faith. And we've been looking at our identity We've been looking at our imperfections. We've also had a look at our failures. All right, and last week, Pastor Jeremy talked about doubt. 
and how it seeps into our thinking and our responses and things. And I think we'd all agree that faith is not this linear, straight line to healthy growth and to becoming more like Jesus. No, it goes up and down and weaves side to side. I mean, it's messy. It's messy faith. And Jesus meets us right there in our messiness to walk with us and to invite us into becoming more like Jesus. And he wants to invite us into this beautiful journey of trust and transparency where you can be who you are to God. That's what he wants you to enter into. So this week, we're going to dive into something that's maybe just a little different. We're going to talk about the mess of stress. Am I the only one that can understand that? The mess of stress. You see, stress has this way of shifting our attention away from Jesus and away from his faithfulness and his provision and his direction. And it keeps us focused on circumstances and problems and all the things that come along with it, all the worry and all the hurt. Lewis Grant, in Traits of a Healthy Family, is quoted as saying that we are characterized by what he calls sunset fatigue. Has anybody heard of sunset fatigue? Okay. First one today. Yeah. See, it's this idea that people come home at the end of the day and give their loved ones emotional leftovers. Okay? Because they're just too tired or too drained or too preoccupied to love the people that mean the most to them and the people that need them most. And here are some of the symptoms that he writes about. You ready? First one is this. You find yourself rushing even when there's no reason to. There's an underlying tension around where you live that causes sharp words or sibling quarrels. I like this one. You set up mock races that are really about your own need to get through it. I do it with my kids all the time. Who can eat their food the fastest? Right? We got these races trying to hurry it up. You try to gauge which line at the grocery store will be the quickest and get in that line. And if it turns out that you picked a slower line, does it bother you? Ah, I'm not alone. <laughs> See, <laughs> right at you. See, there's a loss of gratitude and wonder in you as well. There's frustration about not getting things done. You find yourself starting things, but you don't seem to get around to finishing them. I like this one. When a person is talking slowly, do you ever find yourself wanting to or actually finishing their sentences for them? Or when a person is talking slowly, do you ever find yourself nodding a lot to get them to move it along? I do that good. <laughs> How about this? this is, I love this one. When you stop at a red light with two or more lanes with cars in them, do you ever try to anticipate which car looks fastest so you can get behind that car so you can save a few minutes at the green light? And then when it's slow, you get upset? And this one's good. Inappropriate self-destructive attempts to recharge. Drinking too much, too much TV, computer, internet, whatever. And you find yourself attracted to country music. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now, how many of you realize that you have at least one symptom of sunset fatigue? 
Now, how many of you out there wish I could just hurry up and get past this whole section so we can go move on to the next talk, right? We're all there. And my guess is that for most of us here, the danger isn't that we're going to walk away from our faith. We're not going to, you know, renounce Jesus or nothing like that. That's not it. See, it's that we're going to get so busy and hurried and stressed that we get rushed away from Jesus, not towards him. See, we'll skim through life. We'll skim through our faith. And ultimately, we'll skim Jesus. And we'll get by by telling ourselves that at least we're involved with church. In other words, you're happy just doing religion. You're doing whatever you think you need to do so that you can get closer to God. That's religion. And that's what the mess of stress and busyness can do to us. Family, it causes us to settle, to stay put. That's what the messiness of stress does. So here's the deal. God has an invitation for something different than my stress and worry. And it's called peace. Peace. So beginning today, we're invited to take back what matters most from a world that tries to squeeze us into its crazy, frantic, and exhausting mold. See, Jesus is trying to tell us that there is only one thing that we need to do, and that is to seek him and all that he stands for. Seek him and his kingdom, what he represents. That's the one thing he's saying to do. Just look for me and see what it is that I'm about and do that. That's it. And you know what? You can do that right now. Regardless of your job or your school schedule or your relationship status or the imperfect mess that you might be in right now. See, his invitation is to learn differently. And you know what the difference is? It's doing it with him. With him. Not just saying, oh, I have God. No. Literally inviting him in to your circumstances. And there's going to be tensions and conflicts and issues in life, right? We know that. It's going to happen. But see, Jesus wants to be with you in the midst of that, but to lead you to something more, something better, something prepared just for you. That's what he wants for each and every one of us here. It's unique and different, but he wants it for you. Go ahead and open your Bibles up, Matthew 6. We're going to start at verse 24 to 34. Sorry, 25 to 34. And it reads this. These are Jesus' words. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food or your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the fire, I'm sorry, if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. 
But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Guys, we don't need to pile it on us. What we have right now is enough for today. See, now this passage is really cool because Paul, I mean, Jesus, he gives us two ways to look at life. One of them is this life centered around seeking Jesus and his kingdom and everything that he stands for. And the other is what we might call this, this standard way of living, basic, existing. And there is one word that highlights this, and it's repeated over and over in this. Anybody pick up on that word? It's worry. Worry. Which could be translated as anxious striving or anxiety. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, 22 and 23. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This, too, is meaningless. I have talked to students, young adults, kids, adults, and you know what the biggest thing lacking right now is rest. Rest. Where they have rest and they can get up and accomplish what they have to do. And the reason that there is a lack of rest is because of what's going on inside of the brain. It's just racing and racing. And yet, we see it right here in the scripture. It's meaningless. It doesn't do anything for us. But it's just the way the world runs, right? But see, listen to this. Listen to what Paul wrote about God's plan for us. He writes this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love that. I think sometimes we might even maybe misinterpret this passage, though, almost like Paul's wagging his finger at you saying, don't worry, pray more. It's almost that churchy answer, right? Where it's like, oh, you're not doing it, pray more. No, 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 no. That's not what Paul's saying. He, what he's doing is he's, he's offering us a different way to respond. He's saying, hey, don't worry, pray more. In other words, he's saying, invite God into exactly what you're walking through right now through that prayer. Invite him in. It's not trying to get us. But see, with Jesus, in the midst of the mess you're experiencing, you will find peace. It's certain. It's like the account of Jesus in the boat. Maybe some of you that might remember the Sunday school story of the Sea of Galilee and the storm is raging and, and the boat's rocking like crazy and, and Jesus' friends are going nuts. They're like, hey, we're going to die. And they go looking for Jesus and where is he? He's asleep, resting down below in the middle of the storm. Family, that is the kind of peace that we are talking about, where you can get rest in the middle of whatever storm you are going through. I want that. I want you to have that. God wants us to have that. That's ours. Let's take it. 
It's the most amazing peace ever. And when we let the storms and stress become our focus, we end up edging out the more important things. Family, friends, marriages, relationships just weaken. Why? Because we're so overwhelmed, we're so consumed, we're so weighed down by the stress of life and what's going on that we forget what's important to us. The gifts in which God has given us to continue leading and moving forward, we're, we're forgetting because we're so taken in by what's going on in our lives. So, what we're going to do with God's help and by His power is to allow His peace to work on the mess of our stress and worry. We have to allow that. Beginning with realization, that realization that God has given me all I need to live and thrive in his kingdom. He's given me everything. And I have to come to terms with some deeper priorities, though. I have to come to terms with things that will last. I can't worry about this and that. I can't worry about stuff that's not going to happen. The reason is because I have limits. We have limits. We can't go so far but yet we try to get there. And so for point number one, I want you to hear this. Jesus invites me to live with limits. He wants that for me. He doesn't want to pile it on my plate. He wants us to live with what we can do within our limits. Come back with me to verse 25. In this verse, Jesus now begins to get at the root issues that are involved in people's lives who are characterized by stress and worry. Matthew 6, 25 and 26. It says, so I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are far more valuable to him than they are. He takes care of them. About 15 miles north of here, there's a place I love to go hiking. It's about four and a half miles of a hike. I've taken my students there from time to time. It's the Pelican Nature Trail. It's part of the San Joaquin Wildlife Preserve, and it is beautiful. And when you start off on this hike, you walk down by the, the, the wetland, the water, right there, and it is beautiful. You have so many birds out there, people out there with the binoculars and, and cameras. I mean, you got birds with the long necks and the long legs, and you got birds that go quack, quack. I mean, there's all kinds of birds out there. And I sit out there often, and I look, and I'm like, man, you know what? They don't have anything that they're worrying about. They've got food in abundance. They've got their friends. They've got protection. They've got shelter. I mean, they're not worried about heart attacks. They're not worried about the TID bill or rent. They're not worried about mortgage. I mean, the mama duck isn't saying, hey, to the daddy duck, the little duckies are getting older. You're missing opportunities. No, there's not that kind of stress. It's just not like that. See, these birds, their life is not characterized by stress. And he wants you to know that the reason that they're sustained and are provided for from day to day, it's not an accident. It's intentional. It's the result of the fact that an awesome God cares for them deeply, and so he gives them exactly what they need to survive. Exactly. The birds. See, here's the foundational truth. I have limits. There's only so much I can do. But God does not. He is limitless. Matthew 6, 27 says this. 
Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. So ask yourself this question next time you're, you're overcome with worry and stress. Ask yourself this. How productive is this? Family, accept your limits. The fact is that by all your frenzied worry, everything that you're concerned about, it cannot add an inch to your height or an hour to your life. No matter how much we think or worry about this, nothing is going to happen. There are so many things in life that you cannot change because of your worry, your stress, or your busyness. You must face the fact that you are mortal, you're finite, you're a limited creature, and that Jesus loves you right there in whatever mess you're in. And then he invites us again to something more, something bigger. Point two is this. Jesus invites me to trust him for what I cannot control. In that same scripture, Jesus takes a look at the flowers. See, flowers are not in the clothing business, and yet they're marked by a kind of beauty beyond that of any understanding. Think for a moment about this. What do we call a place where the flowers lay? What is it called? Flower bed, right? It's not a flower expressway or a flower, you know, racetrack. It's a flower bed. That's just what they do. Now, Jesus isn't saying to be lazy or not to be productive. I believe what he's saying is that you really can't trust him. That just like the flowers that are sitting in that bed, not moving an inch, they're getting watered, they're getting nutrients given to them, they're getting the air that they need around them. Everything is provided for them. They don't have to do a single thing. What if we can have that same kind of trust for our God to where we can sit and just enjoy what's given to us? and continue growing in the flower bed of life that he's given us. He doesn't want us to live this life of stress and worry. And, that's, and that the choice between, here we go, hold on. Yeah. See, there's a choice between these two ways of life, the way of the kingdom and the standard way of life that really comes down to this trust issue. Let's read Matthew 6.30. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. In other words, this is disposable stuff, unlike us, right? Now, if God takes care of this disposable stuff, don't you think he'll take care of you? And then listen to this tagline. What does he say? You have so little faith. You see, we worry about all kinds of things, expectations of what people think, finances, school, career, just trying to find a job these days is crazy. I mean, there's all kinds of things that weigh us down, and we worry about them. It got me to looking at some survey about the things that we worry about, and I just wanted to share a few of them with you. It says that 40% of the things we worry about are things that will never happen. 30% are about the past. 12% are about criticisms by others that are mostly untrue. 10% are about health, which gets worse by stress, right? 8% are about real problems that we can solve. See, the thing is, beneath all this stress and this worry, when we accept this invitation to walk with God, we can see that God is continually sustaining us. He's providing for us. 
And even when life gets messy and crazy in the middle of it all, my hope and prayer is that you can come to this place of peace, of believing in him and trusting in him through this. Do you want to have a little faith? Guys, I'm human. It's hard. It's tough. And I believe that's why it's written in here so that we can see that we're not the only ones that struggle with this. But yet God is saying, no, I understand. I get it. I don't want that for you. I want you to live without stress. So write this down for number three. Jesus invites me to put my priorities in the right order. He invites me to put my priorities in the right order. And that is to begin to arrange your life around the kingdom. And refuse to run what the world runs. We have to separate ourselves from how the, the world is living. And when you do this, you'll discover that the God who cares for the ducks and the daffodils also cares for you and for you and for you and for you. The God who loves them loves you the same. And if you, if you never take the step of arranging your life, guess what? You'll never make the discovery that you really can trust him. But if you do accept his invitation, you know what you'll find? Peace. There's that word again, peace. Real, true peace. I'm not talking this. I'm talking right here in every circumstance, that kind of peace. And family, I don't have anything else to point to. Read your Bibles. Experience Jesus in a real way to where you're listening and reading and hearing and feeling and absorbing the trueness of who God is. See, he's the author of peace, and we experience him by knowing him and following him. And when we choose to ignore his way and make our own way, we carry the weight of the world, trying to figure it all out on our own. And that, my friends, does not work, I'll tell you. This is what Jesus says, Matthew 6, He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. I'm going to read that one more time. He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. That's our focus. That's our north. That's where we need to look towards. That's our focus. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard this phrase, prayer is exhaling the spirit of man? and inhaling the Spirit of God. Prayer is the exhaling of Spirit of man and the inhaling of the Spirit of God. Think about that. So tonight, before you go to sleep, I'm going to ask that you take a moment or two and review the day and stresses and worries. And I'm going to ask that you release them to God. Just let them go. And ask him to restore your soul and to give you peace. And then when you wake up in the morning, greet God and give him your day. Then just take a few moments as you're showering and ask God to cleanse you inside and outside. And as you're eating breakfast, ask God to feed and nourish you, your spirit and your mind, as well as your body. Just breathe it in and out. Does this eliminate the things that are going to happen to you throughout that day that are going to be messy? No. The difference is you've invited him in to your circumstance from the onset of your day. You've brought him into your situation right from the gate, and you're not alone. That's what you're doing. 
And then through the day, just take isolated moments to read the Bible and to review maybe just a verse. My favorite one is Psalms 23.1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Focus on Scripture like that. That is what we want to do. And periodically through the day, just close the door to wherever you are and take a few moments just to be with God and to allow the truth of God's peace to seep a little more deeply in you. Guys, we got to just find these simple ways to build it into our lives. We have to figure it out. And this is a good little setup right here to make this happen. I want to read this passage one more time. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than a human mind can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How many of you want protection for your hearts and minds right now? The world is going at a pace right now that we aren't designed to handle on our own. And more than ever, we need this kind of protection for our hearts and our minds. So my prayer is that you see this scripture and you let it seep into your hearts because of whatever's going on and in whatever situation, he wants us to experience this kind of peace to where we can go to sleep at night and get good rest, to where our relationships aren't failing, but yet growing. That's the peace he wants for us. So here's my opportunity and yours. Sometime this week, you're going to feel the messy struggle to, per- to push and hurry and to stress. You're going to feel it. Maybe it's going to be driving to work or rushing the kids to school or through dinner or stressing about your finances or your student loans or maybe ignoring your family because the day was just so hectic. And you can say in that moment, here's my chance to slow down. Here's my chance to trust that God is right here at work in me and around me in that moment. And you're going to fight this at first. It's going to be foreign to you. We're going to fight it. But you're going to take a deep breath and choose what's important to you. You're going to know this is my chance right now to choose God's way. It's my chance to pray and put it in his, head, in his hands to seek him and his kingdom. And you're going to experience God saying, I have peace for you right here, right where you're at. And family, I'm telling you, we need this kind of peace. And if you're experiencing this peace, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Then you need to go help somebody else find that kind of peace. Share it. Pray with them. Come alongside of them. We weren't meant to go at it alone. And how good is it to have our king and our father up above watching over us, but yet he's given us this community. He's given us a platform to share and to talk and to not carry the burden on our own. This is what home is. This is family. And he's bringing us together so that we can rest in that kind of peace. So that's my prayer for you all. to ask God to give you the peace that will protect your hearts and your mind to prevent you from worry and stress. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, my King, thank you. Thank you that we have an answer, that there is a plan, a rescue plan, 
that we don't have to flounder on our own. We don't have to be by ourselves. We don't have to feel like we're on an island, God. But that you are close by because you are not a distant God. You're as close to us as the air in our lungs, God, and the skin in our arms, God. You are not a distant God, and you want us to invite you into our circumstances because we know that you're not going to barge in. You want us to invite you in. So Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone here, Lord, that if anything is seeped into their heart, Lord, to allow you into, God, I pray that they take that step so that they can discover and experience this peace that is beyond human understanding. So that despite the circumstances and the hurt, Lord, that they can have this joy that is long-lasting and know that we have the hope in you, Lord. So I pray a blessing over each person here, Lord, that you continue reminding them, God, that you're going to protect them and watch over them. And you're going to meet every one of their needs, Lord, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, Lord. And the cool thing is you're going to meet us right where we're at, Lord, in the mess of our stress. And we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, family, thank you so much for sharing this time with me. It was really good. Um, I want to also invite you to come down to our Memorial Day, not ours, but the city is putting a Memorial Day um, celebration or an honor for the soldiers that have fallen. And so tomorrow at 10 o'clock, the city is basically going to be meeting at the Patterson Cemetery at 10 o'clock to give honor to those that have fallen. So if you're not doing anything and able to be there, it'd be great to have you come and support our community in that, okay? Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I'll see you guys next week. Oh, one more quick, sorry. One more quick thing. Apricot Fiesta is coming up in two weeks, and we need some sign-ups. So if you haven't signed up to help, go talk to Miss Julie, okay? She's got plenty of spots for you. Thank you. Have a nice day. That's the next week? Next week. 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 Next week.